Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to the Ad News podcast recorded at Forbes Street Studio. I'm the Ad News editor, Pippa Chambers, and today I'm joined by Integral Ad Science CEO, Scott Knoll. Hi, Scott. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this isn't your first time in Australia. You are just telling me, um, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about how, uh, how you first came to Australia? Yeah, so uh, I was... Uh, I joined DoubleClick. This is in the late 1990s, and I'd lived in Asia before that. And so automatically, being an American company, they thought I had, I knew all about Australia, even though I hadn't been here. So I came here and uh, opened up the office, and I was lived here a year and a half. And I like to say I learned digital media in Australia, which wow. is a great place to learn it. Uh, where were you living when you were here before? Uh, so I lived in Elizabeth Bay. Okay, lovely. Very yeah, nice. It's, it was beautiful. Um, okay, so I just want to start with, I guess, talking a bit about your role and, and how you kind of came to get that role, you know, CEO of Integral Ad Science. How, how did that come about? Um, so uh, I was in the industry for a long time and working at DoubleClick, uh, started in Australia, and then I lived in Asia for a while and in New York. So um, I guess I was had a lot of good ad tech experience, and uh, this opportunity came up seven years ago. And I was looking for a company that... Uh, was doing something that ultimately would show that premium publishers um, had good content. And I felt like we were, as an industry, um, commoditizing media. And there's data out there that would show that that media actually mattered. And uh, I thought if this company, AdSafe, could look at data and determine what, ads, uh, what, what environments were inappropriate for ads, we could use that same data to find what ads, what environments were appropriate and didn't quite play out that way. But mm. uh, fortunately, I joined the company. It's been uh, it's been a great ride. Yeah. So I guess having that background in, in digital media and double click, you were fully, uh, I guess, understanding of what IS is offering is from the beginning. Because obviously, in ad tech, there's a lot of jargon and clutter. And there's a lot of, you know, trying, trying to understand a lot of these things. Uh, how was that for you kind of joining or looking at starting to join I spoke IS. all the acronyms. So I, <laughs> yeah, so you were down, right? I, I knew okay. what they meant. Um, I actually, uh, the other part of it was, you know, at the time, the, the main offering that AdSafe had was a brand safety solution. And uh, I was part of another data network company and ended up on the wrong end of, uh, of a brand safety issue a couple times and realized that there wasn't an easy solution and it wasn't like I was purposely putting ads on inappropriate content. Um, it's just the way we were buying media um, made it possible without anyone being able to do anything about it. So I like the fact there was actually a solution that could stop it from happening 
Um, and, you know, in that case, really no harm, no fall, as we say, where everyone's okay because it never actually mm. ended up on the page. And what about, uh, what, how do you describe, I guess, to your friends and family what you do? Do you think they fully understand? <laughs> I stopped trying. <laughs> um, the easiest way, I, I had my, uh, my daughter uh, is now in third grade, but when she was in uh, first grade, I had the whole, her whole class in my company, and I was trying to figure out how to explain it to them. I showed them a video. And I showed him another commercial, and I said, which one do you like better? And I showed him, like, one for a second and one for five seconds and said, which one Was it one, one without ads, one with ads? <laughs> yeah, and, and in the end, uh, they kind of got what I did because they were voting on it. And um, it was actually really funny because there was a famous actress who was in the class, um, and she, turns out, went the week before me. So she talked about acting and everything. So I had a really high bar. Wow. Uh, Tough. And yeah. I heard two of the kids walking out that day saying, oh, this is my favorite one yet to date. So I was like, wow. Oh, what did you say? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> we just watch videos. We watch yeah, commercials. Watching we'll TV. And they actually yeah. liked it. Um, and I guess in terms of, you know, if you I always think it's interesting, if you weren't in this industry, you know, you've obviously been in it for a long time. You know, did, did you envisage yourself working in this kind of ad, ad tech sphere? What, what would you be doing if you weren't working in it? Oh, gosh, that's a, that's a great question. I often I often ponder it. Um, I've been in this industry for so long, so I, I can't imagine not being in it. But uh, someday I hope that I would do something uh, charity-related. That's something that I'm, I'm passionate about. Or um, I have interests outside of ad tech, like fly fishing, for example. So if okay. I had a dream job, I'd probably be selling like or, or manufacturing like high-end fly fishing equipment. Oh, that's interesting. And what about you? What did you study at university? Anything uh, I related studied to... economics, no. Oh, okay. It's kind of a... Okay. Um, and I guess in terms of your experience um, in Australia, and obviously you've worked in Australia before and, and being the, the global CEO, what, how do you kind of, uh, what's your sort of view of Australia and how, where do you get that understanding? You know, how often do you come over? How do you kind of suss out, you know, I guess the different regions and what your views are? Yeah. So um, first of all, I, I have a ton of respect for Australia, obviously having lived here and um uh, being in the industry, uh, I, I realized that it's a very competitive market um, and a good thing is it, it forces companies to be really good at what they do. Um, I also realized that uh, it was a very sophisticated market, both in terms of um, selling media and buying media, also in terms of the consumer. Um, the, the Australian consumer is as sophisticated as any consumer in the world. Um, so the way I always looked at this this market is this is a I mean, it's a sequestered market because it's it's, a, it's on the other side of the world uh, compared to, to the U.S., but it's a great place to really understand trends that are happening and even in some cases take some chances to see, see if it works. Um, we're starting to do that a little bit in Australia. We're in some new businesses here that we're not in other places, um, and I see it as a big opportunity for us. Uh, so, uh, again, I think I think the rest of the world could learn a lot from what's going on here. Okay. And I guess um, in terms of sort of summarizing for people that maybe aren't as, uh, you know, aware of what you do, how, how do you kind of succinctly put that in terms of IS's mission or what you do? Um, so, uh, you know, that's that's evolved uh, a lot. And now I'm, I'm really working on the, the, the next version of the story. But the way that I describe it to people uh, in the industry would be ultimately um, if you there's issues that have come up with digital that, that never existed before. You know, when you bought television or you buy print, like when I, I was at Time Inc. at one point selling print, um, you didn't have issues with non-viewable ads. You didn't have issues with fraud. You didn't have issues with brand safety. 
Um, this is a new phenomenon that's happened because of digital. Um, so what we do is we try to help the advertiser just get back to where they thought they were about 10 years ago or back to zero, back to where every dollar actually has a chance of working. Mm. Um, and it seems to resonate because, again, there's some frustration in the industry of, of all these issues that have come up. And ultimately, if we can just get rid of the impressions that have no chance of working and leave them with every dollar being spent on an impression that has a chance, then at least, at least they're, they're back to where, mm. where we, we hoped we were before. Mm. And then we can really focus on what's working. So I guess when we have some of these big brand safety issues or metrics, you know, sagas and things that come up uh, with, I guess, kind of the, the failings of, of some of these big companies and, you know, for you, is that kind of good because it raises that level of brand safety and then you get more people coming to you going, oh, my God, I need to do this. Like, is, I guess, is, is it kind of that negative side of the industry or when these big dramas come up that that is a positive for you guys? Well, because it, I, I think it's, first of all, it's important to understand that trying to solve for brand safety and we'll say in a way that an ad never appears on a, a piece of content that's inappropriate is a really hard problem and even the perfect solution won't always solve for it the way that 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 you know content's so dynamic and and advertising nowadays the decisions are programmatic where machines buy from machines so there's a lot going on so when an issue comes up I'm, I'm not jumping up and down saying yay because I know kind of it didn't happen on purpose no one was trying to mm trying to create a problem. Um, so you got to feel some empathy right away for the, for the problem. Um, and so, uh, it, you know, it has helped, um, helped our business, but for a lot of years, um, and I, let's say for the last three or four years up until recently with some well-known um, kind of issues on, on some of the wall gardens, people had kind of forgotten about brand safety and we really were focusing on things like viewability and time and view and, um, ultimately, I think that's where we want to be as an industry because that's where we're really starting to figure out what, what's working and how to improve advertising. So it, brand safety is super important, but I, I like to think that, like, I don't want the industry to worry about that. I want, I want the industry to focus on, on, on the next thing, which is improving the impact of advertising. Mm. Uh, and what do you see as, I guess, being a big challenge for you guys? Like, what, what is the big, I guess, business problem or the issue or the big thing that you're looking to kind of get over? Well, so um, so right now we're very focused on introducing this concept that uh, time is a third dimension in buying advertising that that no one's ever focused on. Uh, particularly digital, we borrowed ideas from print, and it was all selling based on impressions. In print, we can't measure time, so you just you had to keep it equal on all impressions. But now we can, and yet as an industry, we tend to create uh, trend tend to treat it as a binary metric. It's in view, it's not in view. It's good, it's bad. And time is an incredibly important asset that an advertiser needs to think about because ultimately, if it, your ad is not in front of your consumer long enough to influence them, it doesn't matter how good the creative is. It doesn't matter how good the targeting is. And the longer it's in view, the better chance it has of working. And all the empirical evidence shows that. So we, gotta need, we need to start focusing on that. So it's getting people to realize that. And mm. it's hard because there's a lot of legacy kind of yeah. attitude out there. And I guess on those attitudes, how much is it, you know, you guys and I guess people on our side, the industry, pushing as opposed to marketers or clients really asking and kind of sticking their head up and saying, oh, we need to do this. Do, would you say you're leading it? Is it well, kind of 50, you know, what's the... We're certainly trying to... We're, we're working, we, we work with both publishers and advertisers, and we try to stay in the middle and surface data that's important for both. Um, ultimately, though... Uh, 
the brands are the ones who who drive this industry forward. They have the dollars, and they're the ones who are going to make change happen. And so it is really having them understand, um, you know, what what's available and how they can improve impact. Um, fortunately, in the case of something like I'm talking about with time, is time time is good for premium publishers, and time is good for advertisers. So here's something that both should embrace because it'll help help them both help both accomplish what they want to accomplish. But there's a lot of middlemen in this industry who mm. aren't necessarily. Uh, in that same kind of incentive. So, board. what do we do about the middlemen? What were they just? Well, I don't think it's a matter of like trying to do a quick fix on anything, <laughs> but I do think over time, we are going to see uh, that uh, the, the brands and the premium publishers um, exerting more control because um, ultimately we moved fast to creating all kinds of new ways to target based on data. But what we see in our results is a good quality media placement is worth its weight in gold and uh and, br- and the more brands can kind of see that and understand it it'll be really helpful mm, awesome um and in terms of obviously there was some recent big news with you guys with vista equity partners acquiring a majority stake um how, how is that changing how is that going to change the business and uh, you know how soon will there be a change who will feel that change what will the change be like what's kind of the result of this yeah, so so we announced it uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I think actually it was the beginning of last week, and um, the close is supposed to be in July. So until it closes, um, you know, there's there's re- really no change. But the the reason that we ultimately decided we wanted to do this deal with Vista is because um, we see that there's a ton of opportunity uh, for what we do, both in terms of verifying more types of media in more countries, also in terms of like what else we could be doing. We're in this unique position of trust where brands trust us and publishers trust us. And I think there's a lot more we could be doing to help both both sides than just what we do today. Um, and all that, though, requires requires capital, requires someone who believes in, in your vision. And we thought about, you know, what the alternatives were and fortunately knew these guys and had spent some time in the past. And uh, they, they really like our vision. They see, they see the huge opportunity. So I think it's just they're really going to help us be better at what we do and do more of it. So do you think a lot of that funding it sounds like it's going into expansion or is this changing the product or you feel like you, you've kind of got the product nailed down quite well? well What's uh, it's going to be more more, more innovation either around the products we do or, or, or further products. Uh, I'm sure it'll open up uh, some. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Acquisition opportunities that we probably wouldn't have been able to do before. Um, So, you know, buying teams or buying technology to help kind of uh, expand on what we do. 
um, and then definitely more more regions. Um, we're in 14 countries now, but uh, there's a, there's appetite for what we do in in pretty much every country that sells and buys media. So I'm not saying we're an editor of everyone, but we're certainly going to look at, at more opportunities mm-hmm. and how we can uh, how we can help our brands because ultimately. The reason that we're global is because the brands we work with have asked us to help them globally, not just in one country, but around the world. Right, and okay. we want to take it, yeah. take advantage to help them. And what about, I guess, I kind of, I guess, kind of talk or reports or rumors about, you know, for a whole, um, a, a whole acquisition or, or IPO, and you know, what, what do you kind of, what are your views on that, or is it kind of the, those were the things raised and we decided to go for the majority stake? What, what's the? Well, so um, the reason. Uh, that we had talked about an IPO and, and continue to talk about an IPO because it, it is a way for us to remain as a neutral third party. And we think that's really important um, in the role that we play. Once you're acquired by another company, you no longer own your roadmap. Mm. Um, you know, you're, whether they're biased or not, you're, 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 you're really in a different business. So we wanted to remain as a neutral party and, and control our own destiny. Um, and, and so certainly an IPO is one way to do that, uh, but it is a, a long process and, you know, there's a lot of a, a lot of risk there just in terms of the market. If the market's not uh, open for any new companies going public, you just got to wait it out. So what this does is it gives us the ability to take advantage of um, all the things that we wanted, which was staying, be, remaining neutral, third party, um, being able to get access to capital to continue to grow. It also gives us that opportunity in the future. If we want to go public, we still can do it because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not. Vista certainly is in the business of creating value, but they're also at some point going to want to figure out how to how to exit the business. So that that's certainly one one area for us. Mm-hmm. And do you think? I guess having that neutral, independent stance that is that one of the biggest selling points that you think you guys have? Do you think in terms of, you know, if you're looking at, look at your fast growth path, would you sort of attribute that largely, you know, in an era where, you know, we, we constantly writing a lot of stories about, you know, whether it's arbitrage or transparency, that's something that's obviously comes across as a quite a hard hitting message from you guys about how independent you are, you know, so if you were to, to lose that, would you worry that could also, you know, spell trouble for the business? Well, look, I, I think that anyone who sits between, a buyer and a seller, and uh, helps to make sure the transaction is agreed upon by both sides. You need to not represent either side of it. I don't like to. I don't think that's why we're as successful as we are because there are other players who are independent as well. I like to think about it that over time we've just been able to develop trust. Um, you know, it's through our innovation and technology and products, but ultimately it's the people and. We came in this industry as a small player, and they're much bigger players. And we really focused on being transparent ourselves and being honest and trying to trying to do the right thing. It didn't mean that we always had good news for people, because like when we tell someone that you know they have fraud fraud on their site, it's not a good conversation. But we wanted to make sure that when we said something like that, that that we felt really confident in our results. Mm. And so um, I think we've been able to develop trust with a lot of big brands and publishers, and ultimately. I think ultimately that's what we're selling is trust. And trust is a really hard thing to get. At the same time, it's a really easy thing to lose. And everyone in the company knows that. And I, I think that's part of like what keeps us going, which is we, we need we know that we constantly need to make sure that we're 
not losing that trust. Mm. And in terms of those conversations, you know, informing people about fraud on the site, you know, what, what tends to be, do you ever get any unexpected reactions that people, you know, maybe they just ignore it or do you know what, they're still making a good <laughs> bit of money on that. They they can, you know, cause there, surely not everyone says, great, yes, yeah, sign me up for everything, you know. And a lot of strange conversations over the years. Um, things have changed a bit, but in the early days, uh, it was one of the, it was the elephant in the room that no one wanted to talk about. Um, I had a lot of those conversations. I've had conversations where, um, you know, the person I was talking to buying the media was like, oh, this is really interesting. Thank you for this report. Has anyone else seen it? I'm like, no. And, you know, basically get out of here. You're fired. Mm. Right. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we I even had brands, uh, lower level kind of digital people on the brand who knowingly were, were buying fraud. Mm. Um, because they were trying to hit their numbers. I was going to say, and is there an element of, element of wanting to hit the numbers, but also if they confess and say, oh, this has been happening on my watch, is is that an element? It's or? all true. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, hey, I need to continue to get hit the numbers to get my budget. Um, it's also a, if I admit to this, um, I, you know, I could be fired because I'm admitting the fact this has been going on for a while. And so the longer you cover it up, the, long, the bigger mm. the potential mm. impact of, of talking about it. So... Um, there, there's been a lot of that. I, I think we're past that as an industry, though, yeah. because I think we're kind of everyone's recognizes that that was going on and there's no one had a way to stop it. And it is what it is. And let's move forward. But um, certainly it was a very interesting and difficult time there for a few years. Same thing with non-viewable ads. You know, non-viewable ads perform super well in things like last touch attribution or, or uh, view through based uh, conversion metrics, which most people use. So there was a lot of pushback when we said, hey, you need to look at things like viewability and people would say, no, I don't, because um, that's gonna hurt my results mm -hmm. and it's working. Yes, but hopefully you think we're kind of past that point. And ju just quickly on that, what, what are those job titles of people, you know, what are those specific job titles of people that would be the ones responsible for potentially covering it up or <laughs> oh no I was just like is, uh, that was a general I'm not trying to like try, I was yeah, like is that does look, that vary it, from you know I'm just trying to understand that is that it, it evolves, it's it, everyone if you think about this industry um everyone pretty much gains on volume and so particularly basically something like fraud ultimately it hurts the brand um but everyone else benefits from fraud because mm. they get paid for it um or it volume or whatever. So um, it could be anyone in that in that stream. And even on the brand side, like I said, I give an example of someone who is not the CFO, is not actually mm. responsible for the money and they want to keep their jobs and they want to look like they're doing a good job. So unfortunately, um, there's a lot. It's unfortunately when you build an industry based on kind of measuring false things or proxies that, that end up being misleading, um, you create this momentum towards doing, you know, not doing the right thing. And it's hard to stop it because mm. everyone is, is paid based on it. Agencies are KPIs based on stuff that, that they don't want to blow up. Publishers are selling, they need more inventory. They need more subscribers. It's easy to kind of shut their eyes and get traffic from sources that might not be the most yeah. reputable um, and grow their numbers that way. So it's just, Again, I, we're in a different place than we used to be, but yeah, it, which is great hard. and it's important, you know, yeah. to remember because I know the industry has had a lot of beatdowns, you know, whether it's across media or ad tech. Um, so that's interesting to hear and important that you know things are very much, oh, you know, on the up, and there has been that change. Yeah, for, for sure, and uh, it's, I think everyone's taking it seriously. It's not that there aren't people who who are trying to trying to still um, propagate things like fraud, but 
I just I feel like we're in a much better place. Mm. And I guess also, you know, focusing more on those positives, what are the things that you enjoy about the industry? You know, why, why work in the industry for so long? You know, it is technical. It does have its challenges. Uh, what is it that you really like about it? You know, it's uh, there's a few things. One is that there's just we've done there's so much opportunity like we're, we're just still in the early stages of really figuring this out i mean we've been doing it for 20 years and we're in the early stages so i think there's a ton of opportunity and then like ultimately i i love being creative and i feel like in this industry you you can create you can you can create new stuff overnight and uh and a lot of my job is like figuring out what's next and how to create it so I, I, there aren't that many industries where it's so dynamic and there's so many different there's so much opportunity that you can do that the flip side of that is um it's hard because everyone can say they can create stuff and sometimes it's really hard to to stand out because there's so much noise mm. and even if you have a great solution um you might walk into a room and they're like oh yeah so and so and said they do that and 10 other companies say they do that and you're like wait no i'm the first yeah um, there's definitely a lot of noise. In, in the, Has that the happened downside. in the past when you've been sort of beavering away on a product and then all of a sudden you get beaten by competition or it comes out and then you have to pull it back and be like, oh, no, we can't do that? Well, it certainly it certainly happens, but more than getting beaten, it's that someone else says someone else says they have it or they can do it. And then it's like having to prove that actually, right. no, they can't because we're doing it a little bit a different way. And there's like a little nuance that is important but different. And people are like, look. You know, they say they do it, and to me, that's the same. And there's just there's so much information. Yeah, I think there's, a, and I think we've to... had that with maybe programmatic TV or certain types of attribution, and then it's like, oh, you dig into it, and it's like, oh, actually, you're not quite. For for sure, and if like if you go and look at websites, and probably our website included, uh, <laughs> they, they all sound the same. Like at the end of the day, that the same terms are being used. You know, optimization and yep. programmatic and all the all the acronyms. Yeah, we and, know. And, we're we're and, cutting through those press releases daily. And you like roll your eyes because you're like, oh my god, I can't tell. I can't tell what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and my wife comes to me sometimes. Sometimes uh, she used to be a recruiter and in, in related. She was doing searches and related business, and she'd be like, hey, can you tell me what these people do? They're in your industry, and I, I'm like, oh, let me read the re website. I have no idea what they do. Yeah, and I should like I'm supposed to know this really well. I've been in the industry forever. I can't tell because it sounds the same like everyone else. Yeah, and especially just clicking on the about page of yeah, many companies, exactly. Exactly. it's impossible. So let alone how you know a client would understand that. Um, okay, I want to just move on to um, I guess some of your own uh, sort of off, off the topic uh, of brand safety and some of the tech side, and think I guess more about your own sort of personal streaming habits and subscriptions, and just trying to get a bit of an insight into your your media habits. So. Um, I know you mentioned that you worked at Time before. What about uh, print publications? Do you subscribe to anything in print? And what are your... Um, no, I'm a completely digital person, but uh, I, uh, I, I'm i a big fan of the Time products, Fortune, Time Magazine. Um, obviously, having worked there in Bias, but I think it's it's great stuff. Um, I, uh, I'm, I have an iPhone, so I, I use a lot of the Apple okay. uh, news. Yeah. Um, and TV streaming habits over in the States, you Netflix? Yeah, so I'm not a Netflix. And not, I, I think you I, might be the first person that we've asked that's not it's Netflix. It's not a Netflix from the States, yeah. Well, so I've got a nine-year-old and, a, and a, a daughter who's turning 12 tomorrow, and uh, I tend to watch what they want to watch. So oh, okay. um, that's just kind of how it works, and I don't have a – and, you know, by the time they're in bed, I typically have uh, – not watching my own TV, so um, – 
so you no, do a lot of uh, Marvel and uh, yeah. Star Wars and stuff like that. So no streaming platforms, you know, on like Amazon Prime. Uh, or a... So so uh, I do uh, I do Amazon Prime. So we do use that a lot. Um, I, it's interesting because I pay for cable, but I tend to use um, Voodoo and some of the uh, OTT apps a lot more than I than I use the cable. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I haven't quite cut the cord yet, but yeah. there's no question <laughs> that quite. there's a lot, okay. lot of use going on uh, outside of my cable. Okay. Um, and just on to ads, because obviously we, you know, uh, work in advertising. I think it's yeah. always good to hear about maybe favorite favorite ad at the moment, favorite ad of all time, um, anything that kind of springs to mind. Wow, that's that. That's a that's a that's a big question because there's been a lot of great ads. There's been a lot of bad ads too, and it's amazing like how how much a good ad stands out in the sea of like average yeah. ads. Um, but, uh, and I'm not just saying this cause I'm Australia, but I love the, uh, crocodile Dundee, ha- oh. uh, Super Bowl ad, yeah, the, the, the uh, Australia. travel, Australia travel ad, um, that was really clever, well done. And, uh, it got a lot of accolade in the U S as well, just cause yeah. everyone knows, awesome. everyone knows, uh, crocodile Dundee and ultimately everyone in the U S has a love affair with Australia. I think they think it's paradise. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. And what? Any American ads that spring to mind? Any even historic? Have you have you been to the Super Bowl? Have you? Uh, I have not. No, I'd love to. I'm a big big uh, football fan, but uh, tend to watch it with. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's great. You've stuff. chosen an Australian ad. That is perfect. You you can't say an American ad if there is a. <laughs> no, no. Being honest. Okay. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. But thank you very much for joining the Ad News podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.